You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Joe O, Joe Gier, and Hawks are with you on a Tuesday. Time to talk some football here. Our guy Michael Felder from Field of 12 at In the Bleachers on Twitter joining us here. Michael, this was an NC State show. I guess it still is. Our dreams died on Saturday. Your reaction to Clemson, what they were able to do against NC State uh, in that big ACC clash on Saturday? Well, I think the big thing for me was Clemson's defense kind of bounced back after a rough game against Wake Forest. And obviously Wake's, Wake's offense is incredibly unique and NC State's a little bit more traditional. So, I see why they were able to bounce back. Um, the big key for me, though, is, is, is on the other side of the ball was DJ Uyunglele running the football, right? It wasn't the Will Shipley show. It was the DJ show. And he found a way to put the defense and put NC State's defense in conflict and pick up some big yards. So I think this is a team that slowly is finding out their identity, um, solidifying who they are as a ball club. And Moving forward, I mean, you look at them and you're looking for obstacles for them, and there there really aren't a ton on the schedule as long as they get, as long as they don't get in their own way. What is your outlook right now for the Big Ten? I mean, obviously, the easy thing that everybody runs to is Ohio State's the best, and nobody's going to touch Ohio State. But there's still games every weekend that a lot of people throughout the Midwest are very interested in. We we had the Wisconsin firing come down on Sunday that a lot of people. Uh, we're we're not expecting Minnesota gets gets their loss against Purdue over the weekend. There are some intriguing things happening in, in the conference. So after Ohio State, uh, what's your outlook the rest of the year? Um, I'm very curious to see what Michigan looks like. Obviously, they still have to play uh, Penn State and Ohio State, so that's going to be uh, a pretty. Those are going to be some quality ball games. I think the, the 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 wild part. And yeah, I did not expect Wisconsin to fire Paul Chris. And, and, you know, coming out of week five, that was – I did not see that coming. I'd never expected that to happen. This is a team that hasn't fired a coach in, what, almost three decades. Like, it's wild to see. So, I think the interesting – I think the, 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 the novelty of that firing speaks to they know what's coming next and they want to make sure they get try and get out in front of it. Um, that said, I don't, I'm not a huge believer in firing your coach in, in, during the season because I don't think it helps you do anything um, except – kind of appease boosters, and I think that's – I don't think that should be the main goal of a, what a football program is. But uh, that being said, Minnesota losing that one, that hurt me a little bit. That was tough because I thought they were ready, ready to step up, ready to row that boat all the way to the Big Ten uh, championship. And now that division, that side of the conference is in complete limbo. Uh, on the other side, obviously you guys mentioned Ohio State. We talked Michigan a little bit. Penn State's an interesting ball club because – I don't know if they're good. I know that they have won games, but I'm still not sure if they're good. So that's going to be one of those things to watch. I can tell you what, I know Michigan State's not good. And what happens with Michigan State after giving Mel Tucker that huge deal, that's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride because they had a really good year a season ago with a bunch of guys from the transfer portal, lost a ton of talent to the NFL and to graduation. 
And how does he rebound from this with a team? Quite frankly, they are bad. Like watching them try to cover people was bad. Watching them get whipped by Washington, watching them just, uh, <laughs> buddy, they are not a good football team. <laughs> Um, a couple of big surprises this season, TCU and Kansas. I'm curious, you know, which one of these teams has surprised you more? And they square off this week. How could that impact the Big 12 race? I love both of these teams, if I'm being quite honest. Uh, Kansas, they're, they're, there's a, an affinity there for me. With, with I got to talk to, to Kenny Logan a couple of weeks ago, and just his demeanor and the way that he talked about this ball club was really exciting. Just the guy that, He's a safety for them, and he, he gets it. He understands, and he, he praised not just the coaching staff, but he was like, we're also getting a lot of leadership from some transfers that we brought in that came from, you know, programs that have won more games than we have. And so it, it helps us realize where we need to be. And he made a good point that was they, they work every day to not just be better than they were a year ago, but to be better, you know, just to be, to be a, an actual good football team, not just better than they were a year ago. And um, I, I find that to be, like, they get it. They understand it. And then on the TCU side, I've got a couple of friends, Landry Bernard, uh, Marshall Newhouse went to TCU as well. And so and my best friend's wife went to TCU and they are just, they're beside themselves with the early success. And so it's, it's exciting. It's an exciting time. If you're looking at that, we talked about the big 10 a little bit and obviously we got status quo with Ohio state and Michigan expected to be the two, one of the two teams that wins that all. But right now, if you look at the big 12, we're looking at, Kansas, TCU, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State as your four frontrunners. Not Oklahoma, not Texas, not even Baylor, who was the preseason favorite. And so when you put that kind of – you put that in the bag and shake it up, anything can happen. This weekend is going to be really exciting because this weekend – like the reality is this weekend, we can be looking at – we're going to be looking at either a 5-0 and TCU or a 6-0 and Kansas. That's going to be fun. And you throw in Oklahoma State, who's in the top ten right now, and I think we've got you got some fun stuff going on there. Michael, uh, SEC, and we went from the beginning of this season, it's been pretty clear the top two teams in the conference and the country, Alabama and Georgia, but both had a difficult weekend. You know, Alabama has a banged up Bryce Young now, and Georgia had a scare against Missouri. It brings me to Tennessee. They're undefeated. They're four and zero. They get to play both these teams over the next month. How live is Tennessee? to make something interesting in the SEC? I love it. I love them. Um, Georgia has a – they've got an issue, right? And the issue comes with, with speed and space, and that's what Tennessee does really well. Uh, you look at Kent State, what are the big plays that they had? The big plays that the Kent State had were, were outside of the numbers. Uh, you look at Mizzou, and what they were able to do is force them to pay attention to outside of the numbers to try to get back inside or to, to run guys out wide. And I think that's really – that's something that Georgia's going to have to address. But to address that, they have to change some of the things that they're, they're doing. And it's really hard to change what you're doing when you don't have Nicobe D. And I said this all year. We talked all year last year about it, right? I think he's the smartest football player that we've ever – That we, I think he's the smartest football player that we've seen. And this, he was the smartest football player in the country a year ago. And he got them in position to make plays. Losing that part, that brain power, makes it a little bit tougher. So I'm looking forward to watching how they adjust what Kirby does, uh, but Tennessee can be a problem. And Tennessee, if you watch them play, look at the way they line up. They have so many packages where their guys are lined up or so many formations where their guys are lined up at the numbers, outside the numbers, stacked on the numbers. 
that force the defense to declare, right? I was talking to Coach Stern about this. What it does for a quarterback is it forces the defense to show you what they're doing. And they can't just be kind of that amoeba defense where everybody's kind of hovering around because you're in tight doubles or you're in tight bunch. So I think that forcing declaration makes things easier for him and Hooker. That's a reason why he hasn't thrown an interception. Um, there's a reason he's a low turnover guy because he knows what's happening and then he can make his decisions. Uh, as for Bryce Young, look, as someone that's had multiple shoulder injuries, I think it's one of the worst things that can happen. Like, obviously, we can talk ACL, we can talk hip, whatever we want to talk about, but shoulder injury for a quarterback is one of the most unique injuries compared to what you get with every other player on the field. For me, as a safety, for a linebacker, you get a hurt shoulder, you know what they do? They give you a couple, you know, you take some ibuprofen, you put a Douglas restraint on, and then you go back out there and play, and you manage the pain. But for a quarterback, you can't wear a Douglas restraint because it stops you from getting your arm all the way up, and you have to be able to do that to throw. So I think for him, this is all about time. This isn't a clavicle where you're going to go in and have surgery. It's not a dislocation where you put it back in and you, you deal with the inflammation. This is an AC sprain where it's continuously inflamed. So he's going to have to let that swelling go down. He's going to have to let the pain go away before he can really be out there doing what he wants to do. And the earlier you come back from that, the more likely it is to be re-injured. Michael, you mentioned uh, Kansas. How about, how about that matchup this weekend? TCU, Kansas, and game days going there. There's some other big games, Alabama, Texas A&M, but they decided to go to Kansas. Uh, the point spread is TCU minus seven. What do you think about this matchup? I really like Kansas. And I don't know if you guys have watched them, like, but Lawrence is rocky. Like, but that stadium is packed. And it's really interesting to see, you know, that, that, that the basketball energy that we know them for, to see that same excitedness, that same hype transfer to football in a bigger stadium um, where guys are just pumped up and, and, and everyone is ready to rock and roll. And by the way, those blues, if they were those blues, I don't think they can be beat. Uh, those blues <laughs> uniforms are, are super tight. They are super swaggy. I love those bad boys. So, um, <laughs> I think this is, I think we're going to have this is going to be an interesting contest. I, I look at Kansas's defense and I think their defensive line is very good. So we'll see what TCU's offensive line holds how they hold up. But on the flip side of that, um TCU, they're flying around on defense. Uh, I think their bread's buttered on the offensive side, but they're flying around on defense. So I, I'm very curious. I, I I like Kansas. Uh Kansas gets a home game. I don't think the moment's too big for them. I think this is a team that is they're poised to, to, to take the next step. I mean, they're one game from bowl eligibility, and they haven't had that in a really long time. Yeah. Another Pac-12 battle we got this week, number 18, UCLA, and number 11, Utah. Utah, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road at UCLA. What do you like in this matchup? Well, we got to give some, we got to put some respect on DTR's name, right? Dorian Thompson-Robinson, this guy's taking a big step. Took him a little bit longer than we all thought coming out of from, from recruiting, but he's taken right. a big step. He's a really good quarterback. He's really, really good. And uh, I love this uh, this Jake Bobo guy they got out there. Um, they're doing a lot of the same things they did with Greg Dulcich. So I, I like that. But, man, it is hard to bet against Utah. And I know Keithy is out, but I, I'm not backing down. You, there's, you, know, you know the team that wakes up the angriest in the country every day is Utah. Why? Because they lost the <laughs> And there's no, no that's just you. That's just you. 
You, you're just angry about that one. <laughs> Come on. You don't think that Utah wakes up, looks at what Florida's doing, looks at themselves and says, how do we not beat this team? Yeah. I'm sure they do. Yeah, I mean, they have to because that, that, that knocked them down. I mean, they, they've kind of been out of the conversation, uh, Michael, since then. I mean, you look right now, where, where are they ranked now, 11th? I mean, they'd be, they'd be clearly around the top five or six in the country if they won that game. Do you think they still have a playoff yeah. shot if they won out and things broke their way, or did, or did that end it, that loss to, to Florida? I think that they still had an opportunity, although as, as Florida keeps falling, people are going to use that to knock them, especially with, te- with people uh, – not watching, whether it's on the Pac-12 network or not watching late night football or whatever it is, uh, people not watching them, they're not going to realize that this team is still pretty, pretty, pretty well uh, constructed. So I think they've still got an outside shot, but they, they, they need dominoes to fall their way. Uh, I think they're going to, I think they beat UCLA. Uh, man, UCLA, they are, they're, 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 I, I don't know. I, man, if Charbonnet's healthy, they, they are a problem running the football, especially with DCR growing as a passer which makes you have to worry about both things, which you didn't have to do a season ago. So this is, this is one that I've got circled already. Like this is – it's going to be appointment. It's going to be main screen, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, we all had circled for Saturday night Alabama-Texas A&M. The problem is the Aggies aren't doing their part. So it's, it's really lost a lot of its luster. But people go out of their way every time Bama's on TV. Uh, Crimson favored by 23-and-a-half. Saban against Jimbo. Uh, the better in me is wondering, wait, is Saban going to rub it in? Is, is he going to do this after Jimbo put him on blast a little bit? How do you think it plays out? Yeah, I think he's going to rub it in. I think he's got. Yeah. I think he's had some guy, some former coach, locked in a closet figuring out A and M for <laughs> summertime. And so I think he's going to rub it in, and he's probably he's going to do with a backup quarterback, Jalen Milrow. Milrow. Uh, incredibly electric. We do have to see him take some steps as far as throwing the football to make this offense more effective. But, ooh, Jameer Gibbs, maybe they don't have to. Maybe they change their offense. And I think that's going to be an interesting thing that I'm looking for in this football game. I don't think A&M is going to beat them. But what I am looking forward to is, do we start to see a little of this, like, option offense, this zone read stuff with Milrow because he's more comfortable doing that. And then Gibbs is also able to make play. I mean, this guy ran for over 200 yards. Come on. It's, it's scary that they can just change who they are as a football team in the middle of the game when they're not, not week to week, but in the middle of the game when your quarterback goes down, they decide, you know what, we're going to become a rushing juggernaut right now, and they go out and they do it. Aaron, great. Uh, I mean, sorry, so, I don't know. Aaron had a question there. Michael, great stuff. We appreciate <laughs> you hopping on. We'll catch up again soon. Michael Felder, field of 12 there. Talking college football with us. And the Utah thing that he brought up, how upset they are. Of course they are. I mean, he's probably upset too yeah. because he had all the Florida fans coming on. But of course they're <laughs> upset. They'd be, what, five right now? Probably fifth mm-hmm. undefeated right behind Michigan and like just needing a loss here or there, and they're in the playoffs. So it probably ruined their chances. That Florida loss looks bad in retrospect. It'd be one of the biggest conversations right now. Is Utah going to make it? We're, we Expanded playoff is coming. Is Utah going to make it? You know, Bama, they've been starting slower, slower than in recent years. I don't think that's going to happen on Saturday. No, he's going to he's gonna run it up. They're going to run it up oh, on Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. I can't wait to watch it, though. Yeah, I'm betting on Bama. <laughs> I'm betting on Bama to cover yeah. the number. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawks for Becky L. Daily. We'll talk college football, including the latest straw poll for the Heisman Trophy 
and a new name emerges in the top five. That's next on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.